Politics, culture, chaos. It's time to make sense of it all. It's time to have a little fun. This is your afternoon dose of sanity. This is the Rich Zioli Podcast. This is an emergency podcast edition. Given everything that's going on with uh, former President Trump, the FBI, the FBI raid, and new inflation numbers that just came out today. Yes, in consumer prices have soared 8.5% more than they were a year ago. That's right. More than a year ago. We're paying more for everything. Gas, fuel, oil, food, eggs. Eggs are up 75%. My kids eat a lot of eggs. Kids eat a lot of everything, actually. Who am I kidding? My kids don't stop eating. Good afternoon and welcome to the podcast. I'll return with the video podcast on Monday. But um, wanted to come and talk to you today because there's a, a, so much going on. Letitia James ran for Attorney General of New York State on a pledge, on a platform, of going after former President Donald Trump, who was president, of course, at the time. Oh, yeah, that was her whole thing. She swore that she was going to go after him. She promised that she would go after him. She said she would go after Trump. That's what she ran on. She literally ran on that. (laughs) Today, uh, Trump was in front of her, and he actually pled the fifth, which is smart. New York's attorney, next attorney general targeted slumlords. Now she's going after Trump. This was from the Washington Post from 2018 when she was promising to aggressively, aggressively go after former President Donald Trump. Aggressively. That was her whole thing. That's what she wanted to do. That was her whole thing. She pledged to it. You know, some people run for attorney general and then they get in there and they decide that what they want to do is they want to actually, you know, go after murderers and rapists and drug dealers. In her case... Oh, yeah, former president. That's right. Do you want to go after the former president? And she ran on that platform. Ran on it. Here, let's see if I can play this for you. Hang on. Let's see if I can get Letitia James from, uh, from back then when she was running. Here we go. President Trump was almost on the verge of bankruptcy. And then all of a sudden, he was flush with money. And we all know that domestic banks were not offering him and extending any credit to him. And so the question is, where did he get all of that money from? Letitia James was elected New York Attorney General on November 6th. She campaigned on the promise of holding President Trump accountable, saying she will aggressively investigate Trump's businesses and finances in his hometown. James became a public defender after attending law school at Howard University. She served on the New York City Council. I should mention that this video montage from the Washington Post, they're showing pictures of her with Hillary Clinton, with all of the keep Al Sharpton, all the people you can imagine, some of the big Democrat heavy hitters. From 2004 to 2013. As a city council member, I challenged special interest groups and challenged administrations. And she's a total socialist. We wanted to turn back the clock of time. Total socialist. In 2014, she became New York's public advocate, the city's second highest elected position. Of course, if working people aren't getting their fair share, if our government isn't securing the reforms New Yorkers were promised, you better believe Dasani and I will stand up. That all of us will stand up and call out anyone and anything that stands in the way of our progress. She filed a record number of lawsuits on behalf of tenants, seniors, students with disabilities, and foster children. So you get the point. She is a total activist, and she was New no York question already about has it. Over 200 legal actions against the president and his administration. On December 18th, James's predecessor, Barbara Underwood, announced that Trump had agreed to shut down his charity after the attorney general's office filed a lawsuit accusing him of using it for personal and political benefit. 
In response, Trump referenced James in a tweet saying she openly campaigned on a get Trump agenda yep. and that he will never be treated fairly by these people. He also called it a total double standard of justice. I don't believe in politicians. I don't believe in number 45. I don't believe in his vision. What I believe in people who want to get things done. Now, that, that same person who literally now ran again, ran on a platform of going after him is the person that he had to face today in New York State. Think of how unfair that is. Think of how unfair that is that he's got to face a prosecutor who ran on a pledge of getting him. So today he pled the fifth, which is smart. And, you know, I have told you in the past, I have never been afraid to tell Trump when I disagree with him. And there was this time when it was during the campaign, 2016, when he said this point. So there are five people taking the Fifth Amendment, like you see on the mob, right? You see the mob takes the Fifth. If you're innocent, why are you taking the Fifth Amendment? No, it's exactly you take the Fifth Amendment because you're innocent. Of course you do. You take the Fifth Amendment always. Always take the Fifth Amendment. Always. Never talk to the government. Never. The government's not your friend. The government wants to get you. That's the bottom line. The government wants to get you. And they're going to get you. And by the way, they may want to get you if you have uh, revolutionary war images, if you have uh, the Gadsden flag, if you have uh, the Gonzalez flag. Oh, they might. Of course, they might come after you. Here's Senator Ted Cruz confronting FBI Director Christopher Wray on this very, very point, because he has the Gonzalez flag on his boots, you know, on his boots. And he brings this point up. It's a very, very good point. And it's an important point that I mentioned before, which is that if the government's going to start also trying to profile people. The text that I was particularly struck is the Gonzalez battle flag. Come and take it. As indicative of being a violent extremist militia. Well, I will self-report right now that every day in the Senate I wear my boots that have the Gonzalez battle flag on the back of them. Director Ray, what are y'all doing? This makes no sense. Do you, do you agree with this FBI guidance that the Betsy Ross flag and the Gadsden flag and the Gonzalez battle flag are signs of militia violent extremism? Well, Senator, I, I'm not familiar with the particular document you have behind you, uh, and I'm not in the practice of trying to comment on documents that I haven't uh, recognized, but I will tell you that when we put out intelligence products, including ones that reference symbols, which we do across a wide variety of contexts, we usually uh, make great pains, take great pains to put uh, caveats and warnings in the document that make clear that a symbol alone is not considered evidence of violent extremism. Yeah, Uh, except that uh, they just have one more reason now they can come after you. One more reason. That's all they want to do, by the way. It's just one more reason to to give the government one more ability to look under the hood, if you will. Biden's uh, energy secretary, Jennifer Granholm, today was wondering if, uh, you know, if gas prices are too high. Just, you know, buy an electric vehicle. That's all. Just buy an electric vehicle. Come on. You could do it. Just suck it up. Today, your price of gas here, I think it's on average $4.51. That is a huge savings to not have to do that, to be able to use electricity. In fact, the difference um, can be about, I don't know, $40 per fill-up, maybe even more. So depending on where you are, the bottom line is the cost of riding all in an electric vehicle, especially when you buy the models that are lower, that are more affordable, is a huge savings for people. It almost makes you think that they were purposely trying to run up the price of gas to make electric vehicles more competitive. Hmm? 
It sounds like it. Now, she also said Mother Nature is angry. Because Mother Nature's mad. Mother Nature's mad. And we have got to Well, then get her chocolate, okay? Like I do with my mother when she's mad at me. And she's mad at me all the time, by the way. If Mother Nature's mad, get her flowers, all right? Don't make me have to spend more money. Fauci, by the way... Um, joke today the fact that he made uh, covid in his uh, his kitchen and he thought that was funny is that funny to you that uh, dr fauci made covid in his kitchen we're at the epicenter of the initial outbreak wa1 washington one is considered the ancestral model strain um this no, center I, I developed the ancestral <laughs> <laughs> I, I created it. That's right. You you let it loose. I was in my kitchen. You, yeah, and I, yeah. you let it loose. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh-huh. Gain of function. Here we come. Uh-huh. <laughs> you were here making arancha and then you tell your meatballs, and that's a gain of function. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Yeah, way to hold them accountable, tough guy. Way to hold them accountable. Except Fauci did pay for gain-of-function research, which created COVID-19. We know know that. Fauci also can't understand why you would think that somebody telling you to wear a mask would encroach on your freedom. How could you possibly feel that way? How could you feel that way? When you tell people they need to mask in an indoor congregate setting when you're in a, 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 a zone that has a high dynamic of infection... And that is looked upon by a lot of people, not everybody, as as an encroachment on your freedom. Um, that, we've never had that before. I mean, so, I mean, it, it, it's it's almost inexplicable. Right. I don't understand if I tell you to mask up in your own house, why you would think I'm encroaching on your freedom. I don't I don't I don't uh, I don't understand. Uh, I don't I don't understand that. <laughs> Here's top Biden economic advisor Jared Bernstein joking about people's concern about being audited. 87,000 new IRS agents. You know, as part of this emergency podcast, what I'm going to focus, of course, on the fact that the DOJ and the FBI are still silent after the raid on Trump's Florida home. Uh, the government is spending uh, what, $80 billion to hire 87,000 new IRS agents, enforcers, auditors, all these other people. And yeah, it's funny. It's funny to Biden's White House. Funny times. Good times. There are many other institutions that have said otherwise, including the Congressional Budget Office considered nonpartisan. But let me also ask you this, because I think what people are feeling like as a personal um, reaction to the possibility of the doubling of your chances of being audited. Have you ever been audited, sir? I've never been audited. Uh, I actually have a, uh, a great record in paying my taxes, and I suspect most people who are listening to my voice would say the same thing. Even um, people you know, who are I guess audited. They have to prove their innocence. Yeah, most people haven't been audited. So look, here's the thing. You shouldn't evade your taxes. I shouldn't ought to have to say that, but there's my public service announcement. It is illegal to evade taxes, and uh, if you do so, you may, you may well be audited. Got it? You may well be audited. So so there you go. You may well be audited. If you've done nothing wrong, though, you have nothing to fear, right? If you've done nothing wrong, you have nothing to fear. I mean, sure, they may just have a raid on your house, but um, there's MSNBC Stephanie Rule yelling, why don't you stop calling the raid on Donald Trump's home a raid? Stop calling the raid a raid, damn it. A quick, but I want to say important note for our audience. We keep hearing a lot of people call what the FBI did at Mar-a-Lago a raid. But for fact's sake, here's the deal. Law enforcement doesn't even use the term raid. 
So what actually happened? The Justice Department applied for and got a court-authorized search warrant that gave them lawful authority to enter Trump's home. That was consistent with the Fourth Amendment probable cause requirement and allowed agents to seize items as permitted by the judge and as outlined in the warrant. Words matter. And calling a court-authorized search a raid suggests some sort of degree of aggression and lawlessness that is simply inconsistent with the facts and the law. What would you say when Breonna Taylor was shot in a no-knock raid out of curiosity when they were serving a warrant? Did you say that it was a duly lawfully executed? Because it was. I mean, technically speaking, it was a lawfully executed warrant. I'm not a fan of no-knock warrants, but, I mean, it was duly. But did you say the same thing in that, or did you say that that was a raid, which it resulted in her death. I'm, I'm, again, I'm, I'm asking for a friend. I'm asking for a friend who might be a tad skeptical uh, dictionary lady uh, on your insistence that we not say the word raid. And by the way, what do you work for? The pesticide company? Who cares if we use the word raid? What are you so worried about? Why is This is what gets you fired up, not that the fact that the, the, uh, never before in our nation's history have we ever raided a former president's home. This is what upsets you? The use of the word raid. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. And those are the facts. Chuck, do I have that right? You got that right. Oh, yeah. What's he going to say? No, he's not going to be invited back in your dumb show nobody watches if he says no. He's got to say you got that right. Come on. Hey, you know who's a group of Americans who are very concerned, by the way, about uh, 87,000 new IRS agents, black Americans? The IRS awaits an $80 billion pay bump and the hiring of many, many agents. Taxpayers are wondering how that money is going to be used. Democrats are hoping the enforcement will increase audits on the wealthy. But new analysis shows those without the funds to fight the agency may really end up getting targeted. Congressional correspondent Aisha Hosni is on Capitol Hill with our report. Tonight, growing fears about a growing IRS. Yes, I do have a fear of being audited. I think that's ridiculous. The IRS needs to be smaller, not bigger. As the White House finally goes on the record about who the IRS will use $80 billion to go after. No new audits on anybody making under $400,000 no. a year. Very clear, no. Republicans aren't buying it, saying low and middle class earners and small businesses will pay the price for expensive audits, even using the unprecedented raid on former President Trump's Mar-a-Lago home as proof of government run amok. They are controlling your life. The IRS agents are a part of that. Going in and raiding President Trump's home sends a message that they can do this to you because they have now done it to him. Democrats believe 87,000 new employees, not all of which will be agents, will help the IRS go after the uber wealthy, a way to fix the disproportionate targeting of the lowest earners. Isn't that interesting that black Americans feel that way, the distrust of government? You know, they're the groups of people buying guns in the largest numbers, particularly black women. But they're not the only ones. Latino voters are feeling that the country's on the wrong track as well. Here's uh, right-wing MSNBC bringing up uh, this poll where in 2020, the top issue for Latino voters was COVID-19, now inflation and crime. Another big takeaway from this polling that could have pretty major implications in November is that 60% of Latino voters now say the country is on the wrong track. That number is even higher in some key swing states like Florida, like Nevada. Yeah, that's right. Exactly right. Key swing states. So the FBI and the Department of Justice are completely silent after the unprecedented targeting raid of a former president's home. Completely silent. Do you know nearly 8 in 10 Americans believe the United States has a two-tiered justice system? 
According to the Daily Wire, the National Issues Survey of more than 1,000 likely voters uh, conducted by the Trafalgar Group in partnership with the Convention of States Action, which we love Convention of States. I'm a huge fan of what they stand for. Found 79.3% of Americans believe that the United States has a two-tiered justice system with one set of laws for political insiders and another for average Americans. Notably, large majorities in both parties agreed with the idea. The survey asked respondents, what's your opinion of the current state of, uh, of the justice system? Just 11.16% of respondents answered that there is one system of justice with laws applied to all, all people. Isn't that, isn't that shocking? Isn't that crazy? I mean, that is the kind of stuff that should keep you up late at night, in my opinion. Really should. Should keep you up late at night. Let's cut through the BS. This is the Rich Zioli Podcast. Here's Peter Ducey asking White House Fembot, Corrine Jean-Pierre, if in fact the Department of Justice is purposely being weaponized to be used against political opponents. I don't know if she's gotten the software patch yet to be able to properly answer the question. Updating, updating, updating. But let's see. A concern here that if you guys don't say more then these Republicans who are accusing this White House of weaponizing the Justice Department, weaponizing the FBI, are that's going to become the, the public sentiment. If you guys don't say once and for all, we are not doing that. First, first of all, we're just not going to comment on the Department of Justice investigation. Okay, we're I'll just we're just it, not going to comment are, on is that. Is this White House weaponizing the Justice Department and the FBI against, against political opponents? The president has been very clear uh, from before he was elected, very clear on this. Hold on. It's Throughout his time in now, office. I, I heard the quote. We will be playing the quote tonight at 6 o'clock. Is this administration weaponizing the Justice Department and the FBI against political opponents? Peter, the president believes in the rule of law. The president believes in the independence of the Department that's, of Justice. That's a yes or no. Just no, that is House. no. It's a yes or a no for you. I'm answering the question. You may not like it, but I'm answering the question, I'm just, and I'm no, no. I'm answering the question, nope. and I'm telling nope. you that we are not going to comment on a criminal investigation. The president has been very clear. I laid out what his thoughts were back on January 7th in 2021 about how he saw the Department of Justice. And I'm just going to leave it there. We're not going to comment from here, from this White House, on a criminal investigation that is currently happening. So it is criminal investigation. So it is a criminal investigation. Interesting. See, I don't think the Fembot realized she just slipped here because one report today says, oh, no, 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 this isn't criminal. They're just going to get the papers back. They go to the National Archives. That's all. They're just doing them a solid by picking them up for them. That's all. You know what I mean? It's just that. I have to give a couple of uh, people credit for speaking out against this. One of those is Tulsi Gabbard. How's the country going to react to this, Tulsi? I think we're seeing some of the outrage coming from people across the country, regardless of of their political persuasion. And I hope that those who aren't paying attention do take notice, because if you think this is just about Trump, you're wrong. Exactly. This is about every single one of us as Americans and this precedent that's being set of, of an abuse of power that's not even being hidden anymore. I think it maybe was happening behind the curtains or maybe they were denying what's happening. It is out in the open in broad daylight, blatant abuse of power, targeting political opponents, targeting those who dare to dissent and attacking our our most fundamental constitutional rights and freedoms. So don't think this is about somebody else. Don't think this is about 
just people of one, you know, uh, political persuasion. This is about every one of us as Americans and protecting our rights and freedoms. Yeah, I'm glad she's speaking out on this. I really am, because there's uh, not many people who are on her side of the aisle. And and she's not really a Democrat. I mean, she's much more of a libertarian, even though she's much more of a socialist on the economic front. But in terms of civil liberties, she gets an A+. But think about this now. You should be rightly terrified if they can get a president, like a former president, they can get you. I mean, if you're wearing your Gadsden shirt, maybe you're selling that dresser on Etsy for 600 bucks. All of a sudden, the tax man shows up. Or maybe you're a parent yapping your mouth at a school board meeting. And maybe you just maybe they're looking at what you're saying on Facebook and compiling a dossier on you. Don't forget that letter from Merrick Garland, the National School Boards Association, that now the FBI was going to be looking at school boards to see about domestic terrorists. Remember that? By the way, since that letter, how many domestic terrorists have showed up at school board meetings? I know it's a summer and all, but it's almost September. The Arby's commercial's back on, I think. How many domestic terrorists have showed up at school board meetings since that Department of Justice letter about school boards and domestic terrorists? Hmm? Not so much, huh? See, that's kind of odd because you would think that if there really was such a threat to justify the National School Board Group and the FBI coming out and saying parents are domestic terrorists, which is back in February, March, you would think by then something surely would have happened between then and now, right? No, because it was a lie. It was just another way to intimidate parents into silence, to intimidate you into keeping your mouth shut. There never were, was any domestic terrorists at school meetings. There, there were never going to be. It wasn't true. And this is why I worry about 87,000 new IRS enforcers. I, I worry about it because it's the government, again, trying to intimidate and silence people. You want to get an audit? Zip your mouth. Zip it. Zip it. You know, the problem, and there's so many problems with what happened here to former President Donald Trump. So many problems. It's an abuse of power. It really is, because they could have dealt with this in a civil matter. Alan Dershowitz, he came out and he said, he said, we could have dealt with this by subpoenas. Never had to do a raid on the former president's house. We could have dealt with this by subpoenas. But instead, they wanted to do a strong show of force. They wanted to. They wanted to. They wanted to purposely send a message here. I told Trump a long time ago, I said, you know what, sir, they're always going to want to come after you because you are not getting us into any new wars. You've upset them, the military industrial complex, the bureaucracy, the deep state, the swamp, and they are never, ever going to forget it. Isn't it interesting how Dick Cheney is all of a sudden a hero now? The guy who got us into the Iraq war, I mean, literally the guy that got us into the Iraq war is the hero of the left. The military industrial complex is strong. Do not discount that. They would never go after the Cheneys. Never. Cheney could shoot a guy on Fifth Avenue. He'd get away with it. Here's more of Tulsi. American should be extremely concerned about because this raid is just the latest serious escalation of this disturbing trend that we've seen of blatant abuse of power by those in power to not only protect their friends, but to target their political opponents or frankly, anyone who dares to dissent or challenge or disagree or even question what this administration is doing. And there are a number of examples that we can point to not only abuse of power within the Department of Justice, within the 
FBI, our law enforcement agencies, but also the Department of Homeland Security and the IRS. You pointed to a few examples already. Uh, you know, look to the FBI investigation of the uh, of Trump for the Russia hoax that didn't turn out to be anything. You look at the IRS and Lois Lerner directly targeting conservative organizations under the Obama administration. You look at this administration's Department of Homeland Security's creation of a ministry of truth to go after us, everyday Americans across the country, to tell us, hey, here's here's what we say the truth is and is not, and what you are allowed to say and what you are not allowed to say. It's hard to imagine, given how blatant all this is, that this is happening in the United States of America. And that is what is so deeply concerning, is that we should not, as Americans, have to be thinking, hey, the IRS, the Biden administration just passed a bill with more big spending, giving the IRS $80 billion to go after entrepreneurs, everyday Americans who are working hard. And hey, maybe I should think about what I'm posting on Facebook. Bingo. Exactly right, Tulsi. They are trying to intimidate and silence you. I misspoke. Rarely happens, but sometimes it happens. It wasn't March of this year. The school board's letter came out in September of last year, 2021. And Merrick Garland put out a memo after the National School Board Association letter and directed, directed the FBI and U.S. attorneys to meet with local law enforcement to find ways to address the disturbing spike in threats against school administrators, board members, teachers, and staff. Where are all those threats? They rescinded that letter eventually, and Garland might have rescinded his directive. I'm not even sure, but where are all those threats? Where are all those domestic terrorists at school board meetings? There never was. It was just about keeping you silent. And Tulsi Gabbard's on to something here. Zip it, or you get an audit. I know people who've worked in the media, who've hosted radio shows, and they've been audited. And there's, it's not a surprise. You remember Lois Lerner using the weapons, weaponry of the IRS to go after conservative groups? This is why the raid on Trump's house, and it is a raid, is so chilling. More and more, the powers of the federal government are expanding. The enforcement powers of the federal government are expanding. It's rise of the federal warrior cop. Heavily armed, taking down domestic threats like Roger Stone and Paul Manafort. 30 guys jumping in the middle of the night, breaking down the door, throwing them down on the ground. Now, Tulsi's right. This is about silencing you and intimidating you. And if I criticize the administration, does that make me a target for an audit by this IRS that'll now have thousands more IRS agents to go after everyday Americans? These kinds of things should not be running through our minds in a democracy. These things are what happens. These things are not ever what should be going through our mind. No question about it. No question. So what is Trump going to do? Is Trump going to run? I hope so, because he was the biggest threat to the deep state. And just if nothing else, just to just to make their 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 heart uh, recoil in their chest with the thought of him running. Actually, it doesn't matter what I think. He's going to do whatever he wants to do. I think he was lukewarm about it. Because you said after last night, the Republicans are absolutely raging. Absolutely. I think the before last night, I'd say it was maybe in the 60, 40, maybe 70, 30 range. I think after last night, I think it's almost certain that President Trump runs again. And I think the reason being is he realizes that once you start attacking the swamp, once you start trying to change things, they're never going to stop shooting at you. That's Jason Miller, one of Trump's uh, top advisors, saying that. And I think he's right. I do think he's right. And I think that the reality of the situation is that if you're sitting there wearing a Gatson flag and they think you're a terrorist, if you're speaking at a school board meeting and they think you're a terrorist, and they have more ways to silence you and intimidate you than ever before, and they can go after him, they can definitely go after you. 
I mean, Trump's lawyer was kept out of the raid at Mar-a-Lago uh, I- while Merrick Garland's goons were inside there. And she had to wait on the outside while several lawyers in the Department of Justice were inside. There wasn't even an attorney allowed inside to make sure they weren't planting any evidence, taking things that were not part of the search warrant. Think about that. They would not even allow his attorney inside to monitor the search. That's unheard of. Arrived. I arrived and, and kind of announced myself as the legal representation for President Trump. I asked to see a copy of the warrant. Initially, they refused and said, you know, we don't have to show it to you. And there was a little bit of an exchange uh, about whether it was appropriate to withhold the warrant when you're searching the the residence of the former president who's likely to be the Republican nominee in the next election. So they conceded and let me see it. They did not give a, give me a copy of it right away, but they did let me see it. It was very, uh, I would say, thin. And as you can tell uh, with, from public records, uh, the affidavit, the uh, supporting documentation of what the probable cause was to obtain the warrant has been sealed. So we're not allowed to see that. You'd ha- we have to go to court to request the judge to release that, which you know, may or may not happen. So we don't know what the probable cause is, why they were allowed to search, uh, but they did. But what were they looking for? Did that give you any indication? Were they looking for yeah. documents like we've been led to believe yeah. for the Presidential Records Act? Is that really the foundational uh, ask on the warrant was for the Presidential Records Act, which has never been aggressively pursued or prosecuted in this country, not once since 1978 when it was put in place? Is that what they told you? Yes. And yeah, that actually is. They also um, said that they were they were looking for classified documents, evidence of a, a crime as far as classified documents go. So they were looking for both classified information that they think should not have been removed from the White House, as well as presidential records. The irony of both, if you want to call it that, is that uh, it is the president himself who gets to decide what is a presidential right. record. So uh, what, why they get to redefine that is unclear and why they get to search, uh, why that's even in a warrant, it, it doesn't really make any sense. And the same thing with any potential classified information, which I don't believe there was any down there. Uh, we had done a search of it before and didn't find anything noteworthy, yet I'm sure that they're claiming that there was something you know, terribly egregious that's a grave matter of national security, but we'll find out. You know, that's why Trump's lawyers and the National Archives are working together to figure out how to return stuff that needed to be returned to the National Archives. But there were some things, mementos in there. Letters from Barack Obama, Kim Jong-un, personal correspondence with world leaders. Trump's attorneys, led by Evan Corcoran, have been cooperating fully with federal authorities on the return of the documents to the National Archives and Records Administration. You know what I love, too, is that uh, Trump said, I hope the FBI didn't plant anything in there since my attorneys weren't allowed to watch the search. How many woke prosecutors today are going after cops, accusing them of planting evidence, planting drugs on a suspect, right? But the idea that the vaulted FBI could ever do such a thing. Oh, my God. What is this guy? A conspiracy kook? What is he? A nut? How how dare you think that about the FBI? You you see a big disconnect with, with modern day liberals, do you not? They hate local cops. They love federal law enforcement love them except for border patrol obviously they hate they hate them they're they're a bunch of horse whipping racist whippers of course they're not of course but you know that's what they think about them they hate them but they love federal law enforcement power oh more irs agents with guns oh yeah bring it on baby absolutely of course 
So I guess the bottom line is this. What we do know on this day is that inflation stinks. The government is coming after you. And food prices are up 13.1% the last year as Biden's inflation crisis continues to hurt American families, continues to hurt American families. Not great news when it comes to food prices. Food at home is the number you want to look at, up 1.3% in July and year over year, up year up 13.1%. And let's look at some of these items that we're seeing increases, but some decreases on. So first, beef, chicken, we're seeing that up 0.8%, chicken up 1.4%. But hey... If you want to get some eggs, email me at richiesegs at gmail.com. I got chickens. Take great carry, all right? Coffee prices are through the roof, too. One thing I do know, in this sleepy administration, God knows I need coffee. But it's all up right now. The food prices are soaring. Food prices soaring, climbing 10.9% from a year earlier. Biggest increase since 1979. Essentials like cereal, like dairy products, certain ones of them, posting record year-over-year rises. I do like her voice, though. Record year-over-year prices. But hey, listen, buy an EV if you can afford it. Have a great day. Thanks for listening.